Hello and welcome to Deb's Data Dojo, shedding the light on UFOs or UAPs. Hello and welcome. Today we are talking with a very special guest. And I say we because I'm happy to say that my fellow cabbie Akashi Chris is here today as well. Together we will be talking to Jesse Peake. Jesse is a certified MUFON field investigator. He is a former member of the National Guard, a member of the SCU, and the host of the podcast UFO Encounters Worldwide. He also has some special news to share with us about a documentary. Welcome, Jesse. Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Well, it's so happy that you're here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy guessing. to be here. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. That's awesome. Absolutely. So it's my honor. I, I appreciate it. Now, normally I wouldn't jump way ahead to the most recent thing. I'd start at the beginning, but I want to know about the documentary. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just got done filming today. Um, it was done with Dockside Media. Um, they've done some pretty good work in the past. I've seen their last documentary. It was called um, Cautious, Conscious Contact, Full Disclosure. Um, very good work. Um, it was pretty neat. So I, I did interview these guys. And then while we were talking during the after show, um, I had just offered, I said, hey, if you ever need a MUFON field investigator that you want to have on, you know, I'm here. And they're like, definitely, we'll be there next week. So, and then they came this morning. <laughs> so it was really exciting. My whole house got turned upside down into a complete movie studio, which was insane. Uh, I was not expecting that. Um, wow. This new documentary film is going to be called um, In Plain Sight, um, The Intelligence Community and UFOs. Oh, so great. because of my military background and then being in the MUFON field, they wanted to get my opinion on some stuff, which was really neat. Um, <laughs> I didn't think my opinion mattered as much, but it's nice to hear that people want to hear what I have to say. So, And I'm here tonight, and I'm honored to be on. I appreciate it. Well, your, Can I ask opinion? you one question about the documentary, Deb? Can I ask Jesse a question? Sure, go ahead. Jesse, um, how was it working with Tyler from Dockside Media? Uh, it was it was different. Um, he's definitely <laughs> into what he does. Um, <laughs> as I was soon as say, does he say gnarly all the time? Yeah, like, he was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> constantly <laughs> saying "dude" all day. Yo, dude, 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 dude. And does gnarly. he have the mullet? Does he still have the mullet? Yes, he still has every all the there facial we stuff. Go. Yep. Anyway, I wanted to clear that up before we got to big details. So Yeah, as soon as he Sorry. came into the house, it was like he put all of his stuff down and he said, bro, I don't even want to talk to you yet. He's oh like, because God. I want to save everything for the thing or the movie. He's like, so just let me look around your house, bro, and figure out what we got to do with the lighting. And then I'll talk to you after that. So oh he God. did a whole walkthrough of my house, rearranged my house, and then sat me down. And then we finally talked. The only thing we said beforehand was, uh, how was your drive? And that was about it. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm really hoping that that will come out soon. I'm looking forward to taking a look. We love the UFO documentaries. So so, I guess I would like to start with another question that has to do with your history. What brought you to UFOs? 
Well, I guess my whole life I've always, I, I mean, I worked as a counselor for the Boy Scouts when I was young. I became an Eagle Scout, but I worked up every summer as a counselor to younger, younger Scouts and um, taught them, you know, life skills and different merit badges. But we did this in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. And up there, you're really close to the stars and you can see stuff really good. And we did classes like space exploration. And we I've always wondered, you know, are we alone out there? Um, and then probably a couple years back, I didn't know about any UFO groups or anything like that. Had no idea there was organizations, nothing. Um, mm -hmm. I got a hold of Eric Von Daniken's book, Chariots of the Gods. Um, and that was probably a couple years back now. Um, and as soon as I read that book, I was full in. There was references to organizations and different groups and different meetup groups. Um, so I jumped in full fledged and found MUFON, became a member immediately. Um, I bought the MUFON manual, took a year to really like watch the documentaries and learn the, the manual that we have to learn because we have to take a quiz to become a field investigator and go through a lot of training. So I mm -hmm. wanted to make sure I knew everything prior. And um, just helping people in general is, is what it's all about. So that's where it really struck me. And I was also wondering what's really going on out here, you know, and that was kind of my end to figure this out. Okay, so, so it was more of a, a, a book path than an experiencer path. Well, Is that right? I, I have had sightings prior to that. So ah, I did have, but I just didn't know, go. I didn't know that you could, there was somewhere to go, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so before, I would say right before I joined MUFON, me and my dad were driving in the city um, or became a field investigator, I have to say. Before that, um, we were driving in the city in Philadelphia, and he's very, we're close to the Philadelphia International Airport, so we see airplanes all the time. Um, and I was in the military, so I'm pretty familiar with all the military craft in this guy. And um, he actually pointed it out, more skeptical than I was. Um, so he said, he pointed, and he's like, oh my God, there's four objects in the sky. And I looked over, and there's four gold objects flying in a formation in the sky. So we're wow. driving towards them as they're flying in this formation. And the first thing I think about is grabbing my phone to take a video of it. Mm -hmm. And as we're driving closer, it's a brand new phone, mind you. And two weeks, I got it two weeks ago. And I pull the phone out and the phone malfunctions on me. And I can't get a picture or video of these craft. Wow. So we stop at a stoplight and then they continue to fly. And they change formation to go in a single file formation from a two, two and two formation. Um, and then the first one disappears and the second one disappears. And then my phone clicks on as they're flying away. Like we're stopped at the light now. They're getting out of range from me. My phone clicks back on and I could, I grabbed a short video and a single uh, still photo of the last object and the second one just disappearing. So I do have a little bit of proof of that. It's actually, I sent that to Tyler and Chris today for the documentary because I did talk about that mm -hmm. sighting. So that will be in that documentary, hopefully. Um, so that was really crazy. And that stemmed the project that I am directing right now, which is where we in, we investigate electrical malfunctions associated with UFO sightings. Um, so you definitely that. think that malfunction was like tied to that? I wasn't sure, um, but mm -hmm. now that we have started the project, I handpicked a team, put a team together. We call it Project Bat Tech 404 for battery technology, and 404 stands for an error code you normally get with tech. Um, but since we've had these cases out and we have people reporting cases to us, um, we've kind of figured out there's a range within these UFOs of where they have to be to, uh, to affect your technology. And 
when we stopped at the when we first saw them we were kind of like riding with them you know what i mean and that's when it malfunctioned when we stopped at that stoplight they were going away from us and getting out of range and then my phone kicked back on i realized this after doing many cases in this project mm -hmm. um so and we're now figuring out this is happening with other people too to where they get out of a certain range and the electronics start working again mm -hmm. um when they're closer to them the electronics malfunction you know honestly you're the first person that i've seen talk about or heard i should say talk about a phone malfunction um that's really interesting because we hear a lot about the cars malfunctioning um we've heard about watches malfunctioning but you don't hear a whole lot about the phones so i, I appreciate well, that you, you know that. where you hear true. that one hmm. you remember where you hear that one hmm. skinwalker ranch that's the only ah, one yes. i've heard that skinwalker ranch remember tj allard's phone season one well, yeah yeah i think that's <laughs> like one, he said it was his phone that got bricked immediately but that's the only place that i've really seen it it's like skinwalker ranch is of course that's a living lab but we'll get to that yeah i think that's more i don't know if that's uh, even in uap level i think it's the whole place right so um so how i wanted to ask you know when you when you joined and you became involved how did everyone around you respond to that were they supportive of your decision to become a field um, investigator well, you mean friends and family? Yeah. Or just everyone mm -hmm. in general, including MUFONs? Well, well look, family we can get was to move completely on. supportive. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, well, I'm a younger guy. Okay, let's just put it that way. I'm not one of the mm -hmm. guys that have been around for a long time. I'm about to turn 30 next month. Um, and I've and I've went feet first into the subject. And I'm very passionate about it now. Um, and I find out this is my life work and this is what I continue to want to do the rest of my life. Um, I do it full time now. Um, I'm supporting myself through my podcast and that's how I do it. And, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, when I first started showing up to MUFON, um, you know, conventions or things like that, when I was first meeting like state directors that had been there for years and, and people like that, uh, there was even one point where I walked up to my chief investigator of the state and the assistant state director and, and the assistant state director turned to me and looked at me and he was like, well, who are you supposed to be? And I'm mm. wearing my field investigator shirt and hat, you know what I mean? So he knows that I'm involved, I'm a member, I'm a field investigator. But luckily it was cool because my my chief investigator turned around and said, hey, he's one of mine, you know what I mean? And kind of stuck up for me. But just if he wasn't there, it was like, you know, it'd be that awkward you know, little, oh, he's a young kid. What does he know? You know? So but there's like some behind the I scene. figured I would get that at first, being young like I am. But um, since then, that guy that actually said that to me has so come along to scene. respect me extremely well, um, has reached out to me a couple different times from my publications that I've written for the MUFON Journal and um, has actually emailed me and said I did such good jobs on it. And uh, so it kind of turned all around. But at first, that's how it was, you know. Okay, so there was a little bit of jumping through some hurdles to get where you need to be, but I didn't. I didn't realize there was such a hierarchy within MUFON. You know, my question originally was just to see, like, how did the people in, in you know your family and friend group uh, respond to you wanting to do this? Because that's something we're all just still trying to figure out. How do we navigate um, in the world where not everyone 
is on the same page with UFOs. Yeah. Um, so my mom and dad were both pretty supportive of what I was doing. Um, they liked the direction that I was going and how positive I was about everything. Um, so that was not a problem at all. Now, some of the, I mean, they've told some of their friends and their friends are like UFOs, you know what I mean? Like, what's that about? You know what I mean? Um, and I don't think some people realize how serious the subject can be. Um, mm -hmm. especially they didn't know about MUFON. They, they hear UFOs. They think you're crazy or nuts or whatever. Um, but now since time has passed, um, since me showing everything on Facebook and showing what I'm doing and what I've accomplished so far, um, they've become supportive over time about it because they learned to open up about yeah. the subject. So that's really good. And then there's been people that come over, like my cousin has come over and another friend of the family. And I tell them, this is what I do. I investigate this stuff. And then they come out saying they've had sightings. So it's like, and they've never told anybody else in their entire life. So it, it, it's kind of cool in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. It is. It's, it's kind of cool. You can like almost show a badge and be like, it's okay to tell me. <laughs> it's, I'm a trustworthy source. That's, That's awesome. Right. They, they, they mess around with me and they're like, well, we know who to go to now. We know the expert in the family. Right. You know? <laughs> so you could, can you tell us, um, I know you, you talked about this hierarchy that you or just kind of like having to prove yourself within MUFON, but can you tell us a little bit about what's involved with becoming a certified investigator? Sure. Um, so the first step, like I said, you had to purchase the field investigator training manual, um, mm -hmm. you get the hard copy or a regular ebook. And that comes along with, uh, MUFON university. They have their own online school. Um, wow. and the, the quiz is a hundred question, hundred question exam. Um, and the manual is about, I would say an inch and a half thick. Um, and it has protocols for everything, investigating, evidence collection, all that kind of good stuff. Um, you have to pass the test with an 80 or higher. Um, I happened to get a 91, I think. The first awesome. time I did fail, I had, <laughs> I got, uh, what did I get? A 79 the first time. So I fell oh. by one point. So I had to retake it again and I got 91 the second time. Um, they asked some questions, the same, the same kind of questions, but in different language. So that kind of confuses you. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it was a very difficult test. And then I had to do three one-hour training courses with my chief, my, well, the, the director of investigations. Um, and then during those three weeks, I had to take four different certification classes on the MUFON University. And then you become a training a field investigator trainee. And then you have to do a certain amount of cases before you're not supervised anymore and you can do them on your own. So it's definitely an extensive training. They're not just putting people that don't really know what's going on out there in the field. Um, and I learned a lot. I mean, I have certifications in astronomy and all kinds of different stuff that I never thought I would ever be into before, you know? Wow. Um, so I definitely appreciate the training. Um, it was, I thought it was great. It sounds like they take it pretty seriously. I appreciate that too. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't see the astronomy piece coming, but it makes absolute sense. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think it would be part of the training. That's great to know. Yeah, because we, we got the statistic. It's like 94% of stuff can be naturally explained. Um, and the 6% is the unknown mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah. a lot of stuff winds up being different kind of a natural uh, mm -hmm. phenomenon. 
um, different things in astronomy and you have to learn those kind of things, different planets and satellites and how the weather and the clouds work to make different sightings. And it's, it's crazy. It's intense, but it's great training. Yeah, we definitely um, find out things like, you know, planets twinkle, you know, things like that. If you start studying UFOs, right. you have to, you have to know those things like planets yep. twinkle too. So it's really Absolutely. interesting. Do you know if there's so, been, I mean, have you seen an increase? I'm sorry. Have you seen an increase in more people becoming, you know, you know, like getting into the university and stuff based on um, how things have been, have been rolling in government? Um, I would say lately, yes, because of all the attention brought to the UFO field. Um, so once people usually find out about MUFON, they're like, oh, well, I want to be a field investigator. Um, and I don't think most people realize how extensive the training is, but they have been joining. Membership is supposedly up and field investigators are supposedly joining every day. So that's good. Um, mm -hmm. Where people are getting into right. the field and that has to do with, I guess, Lou Elizondo putting the stuff out there. TTSA in the beginning, Skimwalker Ranch and uh, Ancient Aliens on History Channel, um, mm -hmm. documentaries like I did today. Um, different podcasts like I do and the UFO Twitter community like you guys are doing right now. Um, this helps get the word out. What you guys are doing here is like one of the big parts of why people understand the UFO phenomenon and get the information. Mm -hmm. And Thank we you. Love That's it. awesome to hear. Say that, right? Yeah. That's so yeah, cool. we, we love it. I can't that's shut up about it. it. I don't know. That's that's part of the thing. I just want to talk to everyone. Okay, so um, how how is it that you decide on a case when you guys are going out and you plan to investigate? How is it that you decide to choose a case? Well, I don't get to choose cases. They're assigned to me. So how it works mm -hmm. is every state has their own field investigators their own state directors so my state is it's broken down into like i believe six or eight sections and that goes by okay. different counties and stuff like that all over the state and each section has a section director and then each state has a state and assistant director overall to look over all that um, so when a case comes through it'll be somebody from my local neighborhood um, so it's not somebody, if you report a case, say you're in Philadelphia, it's not going to be given to somebody in California. It will be somebody local from your neighborhood that is trained to investigate UFOs. Um, so they send it over to me via email. Um, I get the case and we have a protocol. So it's if it's a, um, a CE1, you have to get in contact with them within 72 hours. CE2 is 48 hours and a CE3 is in within 24 hours. And that can be by phone or email. Um, and then if there's evidence, we definitely go out there and grab the evidence and send it to our lab. And for those who are not aware of the C123, et cetera, can you please explain that to them? The people who don't know about Heineck and all that, can you please explain those terms? Sure. So they're, um, they're close encounters. And the first one is close encounters of the first kind, which is just a normal UFO sighting. Um, and then we usually have a CE2, which is um, a UFO sighting with physical evidence or trace evidence. And then a CE3 is an experience with either an ET or, a, you know, an extraterrestrial biological entity or any kind of close encounter experience like that. So those are the three we really go by um, when we assign cases. I know that today there's 
uh, CE4s now in five and six, um, but that's kind of, we just used the first three to classify. Oh, I cannot wait so, to ask you so about those CE3s. Kind of <laughs> I want to know about those threes. <laughs> Always, Deb. So, um, so I do have a follow-up to that. So how much vetting, so you get a case, right? So you were talking about that and you gather the evidence, but how much vetting does, um, goes into a case? And just tell me a little bit about the process. Tell us a little bit about how that works. Sure. So uh, MUFON, we have a, a CMS, our case, case management system. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say it goes per investigator who's doing your case. Each investigator, I would say, is a little different. Um, with me, um, I'm the type of guy where if you're going to report a UFO sighting and I get assigned your case, I'm going to take my time and, and do the due diligence and, and really look into the case. Um, there's no way you're going to, I'm going to get your case and give you an answer within the first week. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. So um, I do take time with cases. I'll, I mean, I track down the weather on that time, on that day to see exactly what's going on that way. I look at the astronomical data to see if there's stars or satellites around your time your position by your coordinates um, by your longitude and longitude i mean i go through it all all the evidence does everything that you research for a case has to be documented um so i mean i do the initial interview with somebody get all the information make sure it aligns up with how they reported the case um because we do get hoaxers that will hoax a case or just fake data or, yeah. and lie um it does happen unfortunately um so after i make sure all the data is correct on the initial interview um, I make sure I confirm their address, all that good stuff. And then I start looking through Google earth, um, even some of the neighborhoods I know where I've gone out and actually looked around that way. Um, so yeah, um, that's pretty much how it goes. It usually takes some time. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Cause it's like, um, I, I look at MUFON cases. Like I live here in Texas and uh we have ufo jane who's part yes. of our community here in texas and she's always posting all the mufon cases you know around and i've actually been looking at one because but i never really thought about how much vetting went into that before i even was able to see it so yeah it's, it, it, i mean it should be that it, to the fullest yeah. right i mean oh it's um, fantastic yeah I, that's that's exactly what i want to hear right i've heard so, people get a case and and I've, i i i do it on the side as well i'll do personal cases for people um that had had bad experiences either with someone from mufon in their area um or something like that or another organization uh, i've had people come to me and tell me they reported a case and got the answer the next day um I just think that's unacceptable. Uh, how can you fully investigate a case and interview somebody and have an answer within one day? Uh, I just don't think that's possible. Unless you know they're lying or something like, or they're in the system as known as a known liar, that's the only other way. But um, people that, I've, that have come to me have all been real true people and have had true experiences. So I will do that on the side for people because it does happen. You get investigators out there that really are just I guess in it just to have the name of a field investigator and aren't really as passionate about it, but it happens, but, uh, I will never, ever be like that. <laughs> That's for sure. No. Yeah, I can tell. I will say that I think, um, I've had a couple people come to me saying that 
they they were not able to get investigated. Um, so, bef- you know, before we move on to some other aspects of vetting, I wanted to know what would someone do if they wanted to get an investigator to come out and they felt like they weren't getting a response? So we have the MUFON website. So if you're a field investigator that's assigned to your case, you know, only reached out to you one time, hasn't done the interview, um, hasn't really looked at the evidence and you feel like they're not doing the proper job. We have all the state directors and assistant state directors emails on the website for each individual state. So if you feel like you're not getting the proper, you know, uh, interview or research done for your case, you can always reach out to them and they will oversee the case from that point on. Um, and that, or if that person's really not doing a good job, they'll reassign the case to somebody else who does care. Because unfortunately with every organization, I think even with people in big businesses today, we, we get the ones that really don't care as much. And that happens with everything. And it does happen with MUFON, unfortunately. But uh, we try to do what we can. And if you reach out to the higher ups, that's something that can definitely be done about it. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you for letting us know. I'm definitely going to no pass problem. that information along. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for the community to know that. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like I said, if you, you know, if anybody is having problems like that and they still don't get help, that's why I do what I do on the side for people. And, you know, and I have a whole, the whole team that I put together for the project. I have them help me with cases as well. Um, there's some really intelligent people that I work with and, you know, I handpicked them personally and everything's been amazing. The, the, the aspects they come from, sometimes I don't always think of everything and they're right there to have my right hand and I have their left hand. So we hold each other's hand and walk through it and we get the best information for people. So it's, it's good. Um, would you say, are, are you okay? Can I, can I ask a question, Deb? You good? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know if you were going to follow up. I don't want to cut you oh, off. No, 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 go ahead. This is fascinating. So, um, so, um, from a technology perspective, do you think that you're well equipped with everything you need in order to like evaluate, like when you're looking at evidence, I would think you're looking at video and, you know, all kinds of things that people turn in. I mean, some are very obvious, but some are probably trickier. Do you have everything you need, you know? I mean, to, to Yeah, I mean, for the most better? part, for the most part, I do have everything I need. MUFON equips you with a bunch of different um, programs to run photos through and video through so we can figure out if you're hoaxing or adding or deleting stuff that's in a photo or video. Um, so that's pretty simple to figure out. Um, and if I have problems, I send it to one of my team members anyway. Um, and we also have scientists and doctors and people that have taught at astronomies, at schools and colleges that we have in MUFON that we can send stuff to if we're having issues with it. And we're always open to help each other out. So that helps there. Um, I do have my field kits, so I'm able to go out in the field and collect evidence and send it to the MUFON lab if I have to. Um, I have my own uh, professional smart microphone microscope kit. If I need to look under the scope at something, I can do that. Um, I got my own telescope. I got pretty much everything I need, my camera with a, I got, you know, binoculars with a camera built in so I can see far away and get captured still videos. Um, The only thing I don't have is probably EMF reader, which I need to get. Um, (gasps) I want one. Yes. I want one so badly. They're just expensive. Uh, I know. And that's another thing too, you got to (laughs) remember. 
it's really expensive and we have to buy our own equipment as move on field investigators. So that also shows how passionate you are. So I I have to ask, is there a guide for equipment, something that people can access, something that I can tell people about? Because I have a a page that informs people about um, UFOs called the UFO UFO Connector. Um, And it needs something about equipment. Um, Where would someone go to find out what they should be collecting or what they should be gathering to do this? I would. I would be happy to work with you and give you a list and help you out with that if you want. Um, I have that information in the manual and uh, can give it to you and help you with that <laughs> if you like. That would be great. Oh, you could have your loves. own page. <laughs> I give everyone who wants to contribute their own page. That's cool. I, I <laughs> I'd be happy to. I see her on camera right now, but she's giddy. <laughs> so she's like, is she happy? Oh, yeah, she is. So one more, th- and I want to turn this back to her because I know she has tons of questions. But um, also, so for example, if, if somebody submits in their case and somebody reports that um, uh, the sheriff's office was called, is it part of your process to um, like request public information? You know that that's available. Any nine one one calls. Do you do you include that as part of your research process? Absolutely. If the military or the FAA or or the police, like you said, are involved in the case, we absolutely will try to work with them to the best of our abilities. Um, there's been times where they show up first, or you know sometimes mm-hmm. they don't show up at all, even though they're called. They really don't mess with ufo reports and they'll tell the people that or if they want the people to shut up and go away they'll tell them hey yeah we'll report it for you all right have a, have a good night and they never hear from them again um so most of the time we don't have to worry about that um but yes if we have to we will definitely add that into the case system with all the other data um that that system is full of data and we try to put as much detailed stuff as we can in there this way we have everything we need that that's awesome to hear and um I'm actually i'm i'm gonna say a selfish thing here because i've been researching i have like a little side project i finally found a case it's not that far away from me and i went by the mufon case right so based on that it said that um sheriff's department had gotten called uh but i went ahead and checked with them not knowing that you guys did that research and um they were not they were like well maybe somebody else took care of it and kind of blowing me off but now it's kind of good to know yeah they, um, i'm gonna be calling you all the time and i want you to feel that way but no. <laughs> it's they were connected. i'm just curious it was very similar to the um to the case in houston the cash lundrum okay yeah but it was yeah. in wolf it Ooh. was in wolf county up here in texas so anyway yeah so man they, they really don't get interested in that kind of stuff they really, um, that's why we're here. You know what I mean? Because the public yeah. really can't report it to their government or the police. So you can go to MUFON or you can go to the SCU, which I also work for and investigate for. Um, that's a scientific coalition for UAP studies. Um, they're really big on the scientific part and um, work with the cases that are usually CE2s and CE3s. Um, but at MUFON, we do it all cases. So you can go to either one, you know? SCU takes the alien cases, do they? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They take the good ones. (laughs) They have a a thing. (laughs) 
at the SCU where we only we only investigate try to investigate the the bigger cases. You know, that's that's how they're trying to differentiate themselves from MUFON. Um, so MUFON does the little cases for people and tries to get the answers for everyday people that just have a sighting. Um, and the SDU tries to go for the evidence because they have a lot of science, scientists that work for them, retired scientists. Um, some of them still in the field that are able to, you know, really research the stuff under a scope. Um, but MUFON does the same thing. We have our own personal lab. So we have a scientist that works there at that lab that we can send stuff to just as good as they can. Um, I love both organizations to the T. I won't say nothing bad about either one because I think they're both out there trying to do good things for good people and um, they support each other to the fullest. And, um, you know, I just, I enjoy the work. Do you think that you would go further and join something like UAPX or um, one of the other groups? I think it's uh, Skyport. Is that right? Is the other one? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard of UP, uh, the UAPX, um, but I don't really know how well like it was organized yet. I really didn't do a whole bunch of homework on it to see what they were doing. I know I heard they got together. I heard they started their group, but I didn't really get too much into it. And I heard some people had left already. So I was like, oh, what's that about? So I didn't really know, you know. Well, that's the, I guess we could say that door is still open if it feels like it's good, a good opportunity, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they're they're doing good work out there, I'd be I'll, I would be in, I would have my foot in every organization if that was possible. That's just how I am. Um, I love doing this work, and I love working with people. Um, I work for I'm part of Mufon's ERT team as well, which is the Experiencer Resource Team. Um, nice. We take the Experiencer questionnaires for people that have had close encounters. Um, any kind of close encounter, whether it be an abduction or you've had ETs in your house, uh, implants, all kinds of stuff like that. I, I just recently got, I just started with that um, this year, got my first case. Um, and it's more of uh, you're, you're going to be a new friend to somebody and really help them with their experience and walk them through it. Um, get them group meetings to help them out and try to meet other people and compare their experience with other people and see the, the similarities and really try to get involved. Some of them come with, to me and, and they don't have memory of what happened. So we try to maybe look at some data and, and, and talk about different things that happen. Maybe hypnosis is one of the big things. Um, so that's, that's what we do on the ERT and everything's confidential. So nothing goes into a database, like a normal sighting report. Um, I, I, I didn't even know MUFON had something like that. I think that's again, yeah. a resource I'd like to put out for people <laughs> yeah. because I, I, I tell them about the experiencer group. I tell them about Opus, but I didn't know MUFON had that. And I'm yeah. really, I'm really curious since you guys have a lab, if people have implants, have you guys ever like had to process an implant that's been removed? I know we have worked with Dr. Roger Lear in the past. I don't know if you're familiar. Um, yes. He was the doctor that did implants. Um, yeah, we did. But after he passed away, it's hard to find another doctor that would really do that. Um, okay. Because a lot of them don't want to risk their careers. They get you know scrutinized for doing it. Um, but I'm very familiar with implants. I've, you know, I've worked with people that have said they had them. Um, and I've definitely looked and researched Dr. Roger Lear's work tremendously. It so seems it's to definitely be. a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, 
we find that most times when we got the implants, um, you know, people realize they have a lump or something like that, and then they can move the lump underneath their skin and it kind of moves around. And some can actually get readings on an EMF reader and uh, electronic readings. And when you take them out, sometimes they'll most, mostly have the membrane around them, which stops the body from rejecting the implant. So you don't even realize it's there. And then once the membrane's taken off of the implant, it's usually some type of meteorite or metal that you we really it's not natural you know um and then the reading stop coming off of it once you take it out of the body it's 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 extremely interesting stuff um, i've heard they also the technology that is up. yeah i've heard they also like disappear. i've heard they will also disappear sometimes like people will try to look for them and they'll disappear and then they'll reappear Have you heard of that? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just like people that have um, hybrid children that they say um, they'll wake up, you know, go to bed one night being pregnant and wake up the next night not having no baby. Um, and it's the same with implants. That just means they had an experience that night and it was taken out, you know, just like the implant. So, yeah, absolutely. We've been infiltrated. We have another <laughs> special guest, <Yes>. Jesse. <laughs> Hey, it's it's my crew. Hi, DJ. How are you guys? Hi, Hi Jesse. How are you, sir? Good. How you doing, DJ? I'm doing very well, sir. My Pennsylvania Hello. brother from another. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I just want to say to okay, Deb so. and, and Akashi. <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> He's not crying, Jesse, in case you can't. Yeah, I see him. <laughs> you see him good. Okay. Just don't want you to yeah. miss out. Okay. The, the crowd, especially since this is a podcast, everybody, he is getting verklaved. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know Yiddish, I'll thank you. I'll give you a topic. <laughs> well, DJ, you came just in time for my favorite question for Jesse today. You ready for it? I'm ready. Jesse. What is your best case? And if you want, you could even say wildest and most extreme case that you're solid on. So I'll give you one that I've done for the project um, because a lot of stuff on the MUFON is kind of confidential. Um, so exactly. I don't want to get in trouble that way. But the project Batech, where I investigate the technology um, malfunctions with the UFO sightings. I had a, a gentleman uh, report his case. He said um, he was he was on the phone with his girlfriend driving home, um, just hung up his phone, and he's driving and he sees a craft at the left side of his window. Um, and during this time, he has his radio on his Sirius XM radio, which is satellite radio. Um, he pulls over to see this object, and it's getting closer to him. And as it gets closer to him, his Sirius XM radio starts to malfunction in his vehicle. It completely says no signal. It can't find a signal at all. Then he picks up his cell phone and he tries to call his girlfriend, who's only a couple miles down the road, to see if she can come outside and look up at the sky and see the object that he's seeing himself. Well, the phone won't work now. His phone's malfunctioning. So he's got his cell phone and the radio malfunctioning as his craft is coming closer to him. So he gets back in his car because it starts to swerve off a little bit, and he gets out of range of it again, and a Sirius XM radio pops back on. And then as he gets to the house, he takes the battery out, puts it back in, and the phone's working again. 
So this is another one of them cases of the range situation that we that I talked to you about on my encounter back, mm-hmm. you know, when I had it a couple of years ago. So it's it's that's where we're starting to see that these things really do have to be within a certain range to affect the technology. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just find that fascinating that it's able to do that. And we're finding we're, we're asking different questions such as like, can we predict the UFO sighting prior to it happening by our technology being affected? And we have a couple of cases where that's happened so far. So maybe we could start putting the word out there that if you're having some kind of electrical weird phenomenon happening, you know, kind of look up. You know, you might there might be something in the sky that's causing that ha- to happen. Um, and then we're also looking into, you know, what's causing that malfunction? Is it something, some kind of technology that's built into the craft itself? Or are they hitting a button and stopping all communication so you can't report what's happening? So we're looking at a bunch of different uh, perspectives with this project. Um, and we plan on everything's public, so you can go on there and look at some of the cases we've already worked on. Um, and we plan on writing a full report paper uh, when we're done taking cases to put it out to the public. Uh, nothing, nothing's going to be, you know, not given to the public because this is a public research project. Um, that's the only way I would do it. And that's how I told everybody that came on the team that's how it's going to be. Um, so, yeah, uh, we we plan on doing anywhere from two to 300 cases. And then once that's finished, we'll, we'll write the report. And hopefully I'll get um, the MUFON monthly journal or the SCU journal to go ahead and publish it and get it out to the public. So exciting. Just every, <laughs> every time we make progress with the research and the science, I get excited. Every time people take it seriously and really like get to like, I hate to say this, but the nuts and bolts, you know, and, and break right. it down. I think it's really helpful. And it's, it's a lot um, more digestible for the rest of the public. That's not as in UFOs. If they know, like there's some science here, you know, we've, we've taken care of it. We've done the research, you know what I mean? Yeah. In yeah. addition, I, I'm excited about the turn that this took right before DJ joined. Um, all of a sudden, we discovered all these other resources with the ERT over a MUFON that I did. Deb and I were like, oh, wow, all this is great information. You're going to go put it out <laughs> on the website. We're, I mean, this just opened all kinds of different doors because we're talking. I mean, we're really focused on our experiencers. You know, we right. want to make sure that they have the right support. So when mm-hmm. you said that, it's like Deb and I just looked at each other on video, go ding, 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 ding. Great idea. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> this works. So anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Deb. Yeah, Jesse, I'm definitely going to like try to get you to help me with the web page and try to amp mm-hmm. up some of those yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. So in the meantime, Collaboration DJ, do you have in this questions? field is absolutely key. So working with each other oh, yeah. and, and helping each other with research, and that's what it's all about. Um, so I'm I always down that. to help other people and work with other people. It's just, it's just how you should be doing things. You shouldn't be fighting and debating whether it's uh, interdimensional or it's uh, you know it's, a, no. it's real or if it's an ET. We should be working together and looking at all aspects of this because nobody has all the answers to this phenomenon, and that's one of the best parts that bring us all together and why we're here so that's my favorite line yeah. right there everybody can claim that but no none of us have the entire thing figured out okay i'm loving jesse go ahead Deb. <laughs> okay so well i mean now now i i, I want to know what your opinion is and i'll ask you later but first i wanted to give dj a chance mm-hmm. if he had any questions for you 
Go ahead, sure. TJ. Absolutely. Jesse, is this something you want to do or do you feel like this is something that you have to do? Your pursuit? It, at first, it was something that I wanted to do um, because I wanted to know what was going on. But then when I started, you know, helping people and getting into the field and meeting so many different people and becoming a part of something bigger than myself, it's now something that I have to do as well as want to do. <laughs> it's both now, you know. It's service. Um, I have so many different people that rely on me now um, and that, that, that are pushing me to continue to do work every day. Um, my team that I work with, I mean, if I didn't have them, <laughs> it, things would be a big difference, you know. Um, we talk to each other every day, and they push me, I push them, and, and there's people that I have that I work with ERT now that I'm working, and they need me. Um, they're having issues, so I need to help walk them through and get them to some meetings and get them the help they need and people reporting their sightings, man. Uh, I've heard other UF, like I talked about earlier, some investigators don't do their job to the fullest. And, and because I do, it's like I need to be getting those cases and, and finding them the right, correct answers um, because I, I know what I'm capable of and you know what I mean? So it's just, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you're in service of you're in service of knowledge and of um, something greater than yourself, which is kind of what service is, no matter what discipline you're in, whether you're a teacher or you're a firefighter or a military person or a police person or-, or his, formal his former National Guard. Can I get an amen? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and that's kind of where that comes from, right? Yeah. You just stepped up, and we are so grateful. The community is lucky to have you. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm happy to have them too, though. You know, it works yeah. both ways. So this is not so. This is something you see for the rest of your days. You're going to do this. Was the genesis your experience, or was the genesis? Was it simply that one event, or was it a series of events? It was a series of events because I had my sighting, I became a field investigator, and then I had an experience after that. So all of that together is pushing to find the answers and to help people, and I will be doing this the rest of my life. I know that. You know, there's not. <laughs> I do it now full time. Uh, I support myself, like I said, through the podcast. But um, every day it's research, research, research. Um running the podcast weekly, working on the team project, working on cases for MUFON and the SCU. I mean, it's pretty busy, but I enjoy it because I love the work and I'm passionate about it. You know, I would tip my hat to you. I just don't happen to have a hat, but if I did, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you. I appreciate it. So before we get to the juicy alien details, which you know I'm just dying to get what? into. What? Um, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> There, there, are, there are alien details. We're going to get there. But um, can you tell us more about your podcast? I would really like other listeners to know more about that. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's called um, UFO Encounters Worldwide because this is a worldwide event and phenomenon. Mm -hmm. um, so I want people to 
come and, and talk about their experiences from wherever they are and not be afraid of it. I offer that. I have a website that I run for the podcast where I invite people to report their sightings and maybe get them on the show and talk about this. Um, also, there's a bunch of articles. I write articles all the time and throw them up there for people to learn UFO history. Um, but the podcast is every Thursday. Um, I have different uh, guests on. Um, I'm on episode, I think, 34, 35 this week. So it's been going really well. Um, the turnout's been getting better and better, which is nice. Um, I got two full-time sponsors, which is really cool. Um, and I just, it's great getting to, what I'm doing with the podcast is having like the guys that have been in the field for a long time come on, give their knowledge why they're still around and be able to get it out to the public and, uh, you know, let everybody hear what they, ha what they've learned through their, through their research and investigation skills. Um, Philip Mantle was somebody I had on, uh, Mark D'Antonio, MUFON's chief photo analyst. Um, I've had Peter Robbins on, Don Schmidt, Tom Carey, um, you know, a bunch of really cool people, Preston Dennett, Terry Lovelace. Um, he loves Terry had... Lovelace. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. I don't have a crotch <laughs> on oh Terry God. Lovelace. That, you know. I didn't say that. TJ loves Terry yeah, Lovelace. Yeah. He mentions it all the time. I will tell you. I will tell you right now, Terry Lovelace was the only one that I got so emotional that I lost my words and did not know what to say to him or how what next question to come up with because I was so enthralled in how much emotional I, I don't I, like how how emotional the whole thing was. I mean, he really went through some crazy stuff. That was heartbreaking. Um, you, yeah, you could feel him reliving it while he was telling me the story. And you could hear it in his voice. He was like trembling. You might not be able to hear it on the podcast, but when you're doing it live with somebody or like that on Skype or on Zoom, I mean, it was it was incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I, he's a great guy. He was real nice. We've kept in contact after that. So yeah, great great guest for the next great experience guy. or roundtable. We want him. I, I I'm I'm able oh, yeah. to get contact with him on LinkedIn. He didn't uh, respond to me, but we'd like to have him on the next experience or roundtable yeah it took me two times to at least get a hold of him because he doesn't go on facebook as much or something i think that's how i got in contact facebook or twitter or one of them okay um, but he did eventually get back to me later on so it's like okay cool you know i didn't know he was because he loves, he loves coming on shows and he loves doing that stuff so he would love to do it you know? and we have um, a new experiencer right here with jesse because I did not know he was an experiencer before today, so this is awesome. I. Yeah, I just told my story for the first time this year, so it was. Uh, it came uh, kind of. I was on. I do a show every Wednesday too. I do three shows, so I do my podcast. I do a Wednesday show, and I do a Friday night late show. And I'm probably going to be starting another show. <laughs> it's hey, getting man. a little crazy, but this boy. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm so um. They had me on the show, and we were just talking on a Wednesday, and uh, it was before I became a permanent guest on the show, and they had me on as a guest, and they kind of just asked me the question, and I kind of blurted it out, <laughs> um, and that's how it got out there. But not very many people know it, because I don't think a lot of people really got to share that show. You know what I mean? So not mm -hmm. very many people got to hear my story. So it's well, still, I'm still kind of working through it in a way, too, in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Well, thank it's, you for sharing. Thank you yeah, for sharing absolutely. with us. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I got a beat feet, Deb. I want to say, uh, because uh, Kati's going to Brazil tomorrow. 
So we got to get the car loaded with her 17 bags of luggage that we'll be paying extra baggage fees for, plus my stuff. Uh, so big doings on at the house. But I did want to come on and meet Jesse and say that I'm so proud of our two of our cabbies here rocking it like I knew they would because you guys are total lady bosses. Thank you. And guess what? <laughs> DJ, there's going to be more information on UFO Connector from Jesse. He's going to help That's me. That's what I'm saying, man. You guys are birds of a feather. <laughs> you guys got the same blood running through your veins, Maryland and Pennsylvania. All right. That's right. East Coast. Jesse, it's a pleasure meeting you. Uh, we will yes, meet again. It's a pleasure as well. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure of it. <laughs> Thank you for what you're doing. Bye, DJ. Thank you, Deb. Bye, Bye DJ. Have a good night, Thank guys. Thank you. Bye. One love. Bye. I, I have to say I'm so happy when we have people in UFO um, Twitter who, or I should say the UFO community at large, who are working together and collaborating. And that's the way it should be. You know, I just, yes. I step away from the drama. I don't pick sides. Everyone needs to work together. Everyone has something to contribute. Right, that's right. <laughs> Sometimes your emotions get 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 the best of you, and you want to say something, but you just gotta step back and just not get involved with the drama. It's it's not even worth it. <laughs> I know, I know, and I mean, I see everyone as a a valuable member, and and it it makes you know. I was having this deep thought about it today. I was thinking we want you know whatever is. Um, dealing with us, encountering us, uh, be it the others, if you want to call them aliens, if you want to call them extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, you know, we want them to come and talk to us, but we're not doing a great job of even talking to each other. Right? Absolutely. So, like, it's it's not, it's not how it should be. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm all about everyone working together. And I'm happy to say that a lot of people do send me information um, they do try to get on board. They, they, a lot of them don't even uh, ask for credit, although you will give me your credit. You will get credit for when you help me. <laughs> but <laughs> I will make sure. I, I like put things like in extra places so that people get credit. But um, I guess uh, my point is, you know, there's still a lot of good people, thankfully, that are really on board with trying to get the message out and get people informed and i'm so happy for that absolutely um, so i know we're um almost out of time and i really have to get to the aliens <laughs> i'm sorry we just <laughs> i want to. aliens i want i want to get to the aliens let's we got okay. seven minutes of aliens let's do it <laughs> okay so so chassis what what is your thought about um what is going on do you have a leaning towards one direction or the other, either from your own experiences as a field investigator, um, your personal experiences, or just a, a hunch, even. So, Mufon always says to you know, don't don't give a definite answer to you know people that that had that report sightings or have experiences because we don't want to like push them in any specific direction. Mm -hmm. um, so, what I like to say to people is that. I'm not sure, and I don't know for sure, but I'm about 99% convinced that something is happening. Um, if that's a good way to put it, I don't know. But yes, I believe something is happening. Um, I just don't know exactly what. I do believe that we are not the only ones in this universe. There's no possible way that, that that's true. 
And um, we were just a small, like I was telling Kyle, Tyler and um, Chris earlier today that it's, we're such a small speck in the universe. Um, and we're only in one galaxy in that whole universe. And there's how many different planets in each, you know, individual one. And to think that our planet's the only Earth-like planet that has life on it is just kind of ignorant, in my opinion. It's kind of rude, like to to think that. Um, I don't know why people are so definite on saying that there's not life outside this Earth, whether it be microbial or or even life like us, like Homo sapiens, or another kind of uh, race altogether, like ETs that are coming here. Um, you know. Right. I so believe I, experiencers when they tell tell their stories to me completely, and I believe to the fullest of what I can can say that I've experienced. You know what I mean? But as an mm-hmm. investigator, um, I just tell people I'm ninety nine percent convinced. But yes, I believe something is going on. Something is here. I believe. I don't know what they are for sure. I've been told by I've had look. I've had my experience remote viewed, so I have an idea of what it was, but I don't know for sure. You know what I mean? Do you understand what I, I'm saying? How do you get a remote viewer to do that for you? <laughs> How do you get people to remote view for you? I mean, I know some remote viewers, but like, I've never like, I've never gone that far with that conversation to be like, Hey, can you do this for me? Cause I actually do need a remote viewer. And it's so funny. I was thinking about that today. There's someone I need to find. So, yeah, I was, I think very early on in my field investigator days and I went to a MUFON meeting, a Zoom meeting because COVID was happening at that time. So everything got transferred to Zoom and it was actually the assistant state director for Missouri is a remote viewer. And she was on as the guest, you know, telling her, her research and her, her experiences. And um, she, I asked her a question and she said about like, you know, cause I was trying to find information about, what happened with me and uh she had said you know well i'm a remote viewer email me when we're done and she sent me the email in private chat and i'll remote view it for you once you tell me what exactly is going on with you so i reached out um a couple days later and i explained everything and she remote viewed and emailed me back what she found and saw and um it kind of it gave me a lot of answers because it lined up with things that were occurring so it kind of I believe it, you know? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there's science behind it, too. I mean, yeah. at least in the terms of they've they've done the research to show that it's beyond right. chance. And she yeah. does this for people all the time, you know what I mean? She offers sessions and, and does this. So I, I And she's a big name out there, you know what I mean? So her name is Margie Kay. I don't know if you know her, but she has she runs the, uh, the new radio network. You know KGRA, right? Um, broadcasting. Yeah, I've seen that. KGRA. Well, she runs the new one that Race Hobbs, you know, I don't know if you know Race Hobbs, he left KGRA and he went to the UNX network. Well, she runs the UNX network radio. And her name is Margie K. She has a show on Friday nights um, on YouTube and for the radio station. Um, And she's the assistant state director for Missouri. Um, You could probably reach out to her. I don't know if she's, I think she's charging for her stuff. So she was then. So, um, yeah, but you know, everybody trusts her. She's been on plenty of shows before. She's been interviewed. Um, she people talk very highly of her. So um, I got to take that. You know, with what it is. Yeah. I'm gonna have to find someone who's willing to locate a person. 
<laughs> like that's what I'm, I'm and, and it's and it's not like someone are you <laughs> it's not a stalking situation it's not for me even it's just there happens to be a person um by the name of chase brandon that a friend of mine has been looking for okay. <clears throat> that's, all, that's all i'm gonna say <clears throat> you know who chase brandon is okay oh my god okay <laughs> I'm just saying, if we know remote viewers, maybe we can find him. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Oh, so um, I guess, you know, back to a serious note, um, I did want to ask a, a, in a different a different view, if, you, if you've seen anything that you would consider to be evidence um, about these beings that are visiting, um, something that you would say would be fairly solid. In my opinion, yes. Um, okay. All right. So when uh, there's been people that I've worked with and people that I've, you know, just done my research with, I mean, people that said that they, you know, have been during a part of the hybrid situation when they go to the doctors and the doctor says, yeah, you're pregnant. You have all the paperwork. You do your, um, your ultrasound, the baby's in there, blah, blah, blah. They go home one night, wake up, and it's gone. And then they go back to the doctor, and the doctor has the paperwork saying that you're, you're no longer pregnant. Something happened here. And it happens all the time with hybrids and people that said they've been abducted. Um, and that right there, that's, I mean, that's the doctor's paperwork saying that this was like this, and now it's not. Um, there's this one lady, her name, last name is Orkos, or Ozkuro. Um, she has her own show, and she's, she's had this done like to her like nine or ten times. Yeah. Um, and she has all the document from the from the doctor explaining that she's gone through this, and um, the doctors now tell her that she was she she's never had baby, but she has ovarian cysts, and it's it's crazy. The whole story it's it's a rabbit hole, you know what I mean? Um, but her story is really crazy. But there's other things too. Um, there's people that like Travis Walton. I mean, he's mm -hmm. been abducted, and there were six witnesses there, five witnesses, however many guys were in the truck that watched him get hit by that beam. Um, and then seeing, and then left. And I mean, they came back and they searched with the police and, and everybody for six, seven days, five days, five days it was or something. Um, and they searched that whole area and they mm -hmm. even put lines out to make sure they didn't miss any spots and they couldn't find him. And then he just appears after on the sixth day on a, on a payphone, you know what I mean? Saying, Hey, I'm back. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's incredible. That's evidence to me. And to have that many people collaborate your story is like it's mind-blowing to have that and then even the uh, Pastagula case um they put the um uh, that was calvin parker um mm -hmm. where the they got abducted while they were sitting there fishing after work and when they went and reported it to the police the police left them in the room with the tape recorder going thinking that they, oh we'll catch them on the tape recorder lying and they were really scared shitless and they were sitting there talking about it and saying oh my god i've never seen craft like this the beings what were they what were they you know that audio was so credible there yeah the emotion right. that they had was it, it how about betty and barney that. hills uh video yeah. audio oh yeah the kind of hypnosis oh that is yeah that was some uh yeah that was the worst uh hypnosis audio i've ever heard barney hill Sure. Well, I, he was terrified the screeching you can't you know that just comes from a deep inside yeah uh -huh. you know? he was scared scared 
And, you know, unfortunately, that's that's one of those things that I'm trying to figure out how to help people not be so scared, because I think no matter what we think and believe, this is the destination that we're heading towards um, a deeper understanding of this. I've, I've heard personally that the case rate is going up and it's not really just about COVID. It's about, you know, a lot of factors that case rates going up. And yeah. so, and so obviously disclosures happening faster and a drip in a trip method. Yes, granted, but it's happening faster right now, yeah. really fast, actually. So I feel like um, this is the destination that we're heading towards. I'd really like to figure out a way to help people with not being scared um, and to just sort of, um, you know, find a way to manage this. So, yeah, that's absolutely. Why. And that's why I try to, you know, reach out to people and say, hey, if you need the help and you go on my website and get my contact information, I'll help you. You know what I mean? Whether you're having a hard time or you just want some answers about a case. Um, there are steps and there's ways to help people. I was a counselor for five years. Um, I have the, the knowledge and I can help people get through whatever they got to get through and make it an easy path instead of having it be hard. You know, um, there's definitely no hard. You don't have to have, have that hard path. There's there's easier ways to go and you can reach out for help. You don't have to sit there and act like you're the only one that's alone. There's other people that have experienced the same thing and they're willing to help. And, you know, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, wow. I, I, I know that that's, we're a little powerful, Deb. I think this is this is a good way. I, I'm, and I want to make sure we're cognizant of, of his time as well. So, yeah, that was about to say. And I know we that ran over, it. so I wanted to. Uh, that was a little bit of a mic drop there. The way that I he, could do till cool after that. if you want. Oh, okay. Well, um, well, first I want you to. Just again, make sure that everyone knows how to find your web page before we go into any other cool questions. <laughs> Can you just tell um, people so one yeah. more time? Yeah, so the, the podcast is UFO Encounters Worldwide, and then the website for that is UFO Encounters Worldwide.wordpress.com. Um, and the podcast is available on all platforms every Thursday is a new episode will come out probably around the evening time, Eastern standard. Um, and yeah, you can look forward to new guests and researchers coming on. Um, I have a guest on every a different guest on every week, except for one time during the month. I do MUFON's top cases from the journal of that month. Um, so yeah. Okay. We're totally okay. checking it out. I'm going, I'm, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely um, already linked it on the UFO connector. It's already there. <laughs> so, um, cool. thank you. Yes, of course. Um, so, I had a question about MUFON as a whole, and you may okay. not be able to fully answer this question, but maybe I was just thinking with with things going the way they are, where where UFOs have been validated, um, the NDA was signed, and therefore there's laws related to it. Is MUFON, yes. Has MUFON considered joining forces with some of the um, other reporting centers so that sort of streamlining the reporting rather than having so many pockets? Because people, you know, they have these state reporting places, um, they have the national reporting center, 
Um, and it just seems like it's hard for people to decide where to go. And I don't think that information is being consolidated in an effective way for evaluation. So has MUFON considered reaching out to consolidate? So I'm very happy you had asked that question because I was just got the new MUFON journal today and I sat down and read it. And uh, the director mentioned something in his, because he writes a little something every month for the journal, letting people know what's going on, uh, what projects are being up to date and all that. Um, but he did mention in that, that they're trying to reach out and work with other organizations right now. Um, so we can all share our research and information together, um, right. not combined in, into one, but still have each organization the way it is, but share the research. So no one's right. missing out on information. Um, so it was really cool to hear that. Um, I'm trying to look what the, uh, yeah. So I think it's called project Aquarius. Um, he said it's moving forward, but at a slower pace than expected. It's a massive project that will end with uh, result in the largest searchable and translatable database of UFO sighting information on Earth. Um, and it's to unite researchers on a global scale, although each group will maintain its own independence. There will be an open sharing of ideas and information that will result in the first truly global network of its kind dedicated to solving one of the greatest mysteries of our time. I love it. Oh my God, I'm so happy to hear this. <laughs> like I've, I've found two old databases so far um, doing research for the UFO connector. And the whole point of the connector, by the way, is to literally bring all of this together for everyone because it's everywhere. It's, it's in pieces. And um, that's why I had this question because MUFON is one of the major groups that people go to, but they do also sometimes go to the national reporting. Um, and then there's like a little mini websites everywhere. So yeah, it com yeah. complicates the issue of getting that information analyzed. So I'm yes. so happy that they're working on that. Are they going to pull in those old databases that are out there too? I would hope that's what they're trying to do. Um, that's what it sounds like. Um, okay. I assume if you look up Project Aquarius, there should be some information on it or go to MUFON.com that will be on the main website. But that's that's what it sounds like they're trying to do, um, as well as new information. So that would be cool if they did that. It's so funny they're calling it that. <laughs> Project, <laughs> like, I, I did some research on Project Aquarius, and there's like five of them. And, you know, <laughs> and of course, none of them are like the smoking kind. But, you know, it's it's funny because that's my uh, my symbol. I'm Aquarius, too. So. OK, OK. <laughs> Are you really? Okay. Yeah, your birthday's coming up, isn't it? Yep. I'm the 3rd of February. I'll be turning 30, so I won't be able to say I'm in my 20s anymore. Well, happy You're, birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> You're you. a baby. I turned a lot more in, on the 8th, though. But I will not be saying how much that is. Is okay, your, no I'm going to have to go put your birthday in our calendar, aren't I, Chris? Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> I need to celebrate that number. Okay, I'm just going to... Chris, ask a question because I have to add something to our calendar. <laughs> no, no, please no. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, this has been just absolutely amazing. Is there anything that you want to share with us that we have not asked you and any other information that you want to that you want to share like that? Yeah, I really don't have that much, but um if anybody has experienced any tech 
technological issues while you have a UFO sighting, we have a, a database that you can report to and we keep all the information and we'll actually assign one of our investigators to your case, sort of like MUFON does. And they'll help you with the case, research it, investigate it, just like MUFON does. <laughs> but um, this is for a whole different purpose. And you can report that at, I think it's called, yeah, Bat Tech Research Members at gmail.com. And that's B-A-T-T-E-C-H, research members at gmail.com. Okay, so I had um, one more question for you. Don't worry um, about I it. heard you mention <laughs> InfoSage Space Exploration, ISEC. Could you explain what that is, please? Yeah, so that's the InfoAge Space Exploration Center, um, and that is somewhere where I just went to the last UAP New Jersey conference, and they held it there. It's actually Camp Evans uh, military base that they used during World War II, um, and they have tons of museums there, um, different radio stuff, uh, intelligence stuff they used on planes to stop different radio connections and receiving, um, but they also have a huge... Um, it's an it's a satellite where you can bounce your name off the moon. Uh, it takes about 2.5 seconds to do so. Um, it was really neat to go there and hear that getting transferred back. The voice comes back like all electronically. Um, so that was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a big place that really nobody knows about. And there's tons of information there that you can learn if you're a history buff or even just looking into working with the, the telescope or I mean the, um, the satellite to work with different sounds coming from space and things like that. And one of the main guys from New Jersey, MUFON, um, he actually goes up there every weekend on his days mm -hmm. off from work. Yeah. And he actually gets to listen for different sounds coming from space, which is really cool. Um, right. They have all the equipment. They can log it, you know what I mean, and, and write it down. So um, he invited me back up. So I have to get back up there soon and, and uh, experience that because that's something that interests me, listening to sounds and stuff. Well, that so, sounds really cool. Yeah. I just watched Contact yesterday, and I put, like, I can just imagine me putting the headset on and hanging out there, you know, just like she <laughs> yeah. did in contact. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Well, I wanted to go ahead and um, thank you for spending time talking to us today. And I wanted to let listeners know that unfortunately Akashi Chris is not able to say goodbye due to um, some technical issues with the audio. Um, so I wanted to remind everyone that she can be found at Chris Mullins TX, which is C-R-I-S-M-U-L-L-I-N-S-T-X on Twitter. And I want to thank you again, Akashi, for co-hosting. And Jesse, thank you again for coming and talking to us today. And please remind everyone where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do a podcast every Thursday called UFO Encounters Worldwide. It's on all major podcast platforms. Um, and then I run a website for that, which is ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Um, and the project that I'm directing right now um, is called Project Bat Tech 404.wordpress.com, which is the website. So you can check that out. That's with the electrical malfunctions um, associated with UFO sightings. And that's just about it. Okay. Thank you again so much. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. No problem. Thank you for having me on. It was an honor. I had a great time. Thank you. No problem.
Thank you for joining me. This is a study of UAPs. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or on the UFO Connector, www.ufoconnector.com. And of course, as a member of Calling All Beings on YouTube. Until next time, take care.